1: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: All right, welcome into the final hour of overtime. Scott Jackson here with you. Happy Thursday. Our pleasure to bring in another Ben. we got to run on Ben tonight. Ben standing earlier. Now Ben Raby, Capitals radio host. You'll hear him tomorrow night as the Caps... We'll be back in action, and hopefully, hopefully, Ben, they'll get back to winning ways because they've they, been tough lately, and of course, Dallas Stars tomorrow night. Will they see Braden Holpe tomorrow night is the question. I, w- I would hope to think so, right? I mean, Braden would be starting, right?
3: Pretty sure you can count on uh, Braden Holpe starting tomorrow night, yes. Uh, actually, uh, actually, just uh, we chatted with him earlier this afternoon, and He's amped up, he acknowledged, you know, he, he acknowledged, he said he wasn't using cliches, this isn't one out of eighty two. This is one he's he's had circled and he's looking forward to. He says he's looking forward to getting it over with and being done with it, yeah. but one that uh, for all he's experienced in his NHL career never played his former team, so I think a lot of folks are looking forward to this one.
2: Yeah, I'd look forward to it more if after the game they could stick him into the equipment bag and take them back to D.C. with them. Um, <laughs> I know there were some rumblings about that for a while. It just doesn't seem to be realistic, but obviously it's a it's a position of need uh, for the Capitals uh, as uh, we're talking here with Ben Raby, Caps radio host. Uh, you know, were you surprised to see Hopi's name even in these rumors, or do you think that's just somebody having some fun with uh, some some I guess uh, some speculation?
3: Well, I'll, I'll say there was a credible report before we get the Holpe's name. There was a credible, yeah. credible report earlier in the week from from Elliot Friedman with Hockey Night in Canada and Rogers Sportsnet north of the border linking the Capitals with Marc-Andre Fleury, which certainly gets yeah. uh, a lot of folks' attention in these parts and around the league. Uh, Braden's name is going to come up as well just because he checks a lot of the boxes for a quote-unquote you know rental player. He has postseason experience he's a free agent to be at the end of this season he's not a significant salary cap hit at two million a year that's significant if you're the capitals and you're up against the cap but just as far as a goaltender who who could be on the move but in the meantime dallas right now is in a playoff position they're in the second wild card out west and I, i wouldn't categorize dallas as a as a seller just yet but depending on what happens between now and March 21st, uh, Dallas could be looking to to unload some pieces and hopefully again, because of that expiring contract and and his status and his experience would uh, certainly be attractive. I would imagine to to any team potentially in need of of solid goaltending.
2: Well, look, it's not just goaltending, obviously, that's got the caps in this funk. I mean, this has been a terrible month of January. You watch this team every night. You talk to the players, you talk to the coaches, What, what is going on (laughs) and what can they do to, to fix it? And can they fix it with, with the group they have?
3: Well, you know, Scott, it's, it's it's crazy because, you know, you bring up the goaltending and, and big picture for this team. Just if you look at the, the the season as a whole, goaltending has been an issue. Ironically here over these past couple of weeks in January, in which the Capitals have lost 8 of 11 here going into play tomorrow night, their worst stretch of the season. Uh, the goaltending has been, you know, I guess I wouldn't say the least of their worries, but the, the goaltending has been okay of late. The goaltending has right. been, been better. Uh, all of a sudden the offense has dried up, which is such a rarity in these parts. Uh, you look at the last 10 games, Scott, 21 goals across 10 games. And really the, the culprits here, there's only so much heavy lifting that Alex Ovechkin and the headliners could do. You could go down the depth chart, Scott, guys who you don't necessarily count on to score every night, but guys who ought to be able to contribute every now and then, third-liners, fourth-liners, you know, some of the young players who've seen, you know, opportunities this season. Beyond Alex Ovechkin and, and Kuznetsov and Wilson, really the secondary scoring has really, really dried up of late, and I'm talking at even strength. And then if you do want to look at the headliners, uh, the power play, which has been a common theme throughout the season, has uncharacteristically uh, been struggling. So, you know, when you lose 8 of 11, when you go through a midseason lull like this, uh, there's certainly going to be a number of areas of, of concern, and, and that's where they're at right now. There
2: isn't necessarily one area you could point to. Uh,
3: there's several that, uh, that have contributed to this, uh, this recent slide.
2: Ben Rabies with us, Capitals uh, radio host uh, here on 106.7 The Fan Overtime, and the uh, you can check us out on the Odyssey app as well. Well, as, as they go into this game against Dallas, you mentioned you know the uh, offense and the lack thereof. I mean, this you know, obviously losing one nothing to the the Golden Knights the other night, and then just scoring one goal against the sharks last night uh, certainly has been a bit of a power outage here uh for the as you say the lower lines you know it's not not just it's all alex igvechkin can only do so much at this point is there something maybe peter Laviolette can try to do to you know kind of generate some more offense from these other lines i mean maybe picking the picking the picking the lines out of a hat i mean what what what, yeah. what, what you know what extent will he go have to go to to try to kind of generate some offense for that other those other groups
3: Yeah, there's been the inevitable line juggling, you know, coincidentally or maybe not last night. You know, the one goal came from Daniel Sprong, a sniper lower down the depth chart, who happened to have been a healthy scratch the previous three games. So he comes back and takes advantage of the opportunity, finds the back of the net. But at the end of the day, Scott, I think this is beyond uh, Peter Laviolette. I think the players collectively are aware that, you know, they they got to up their games. I mean, they got to make life miserable for the opposing goaltender. You know, it's, it's almost cliche, but you don't go to the Nets, go to the high-traffic areas, you know, provide traffic atop the crease, make, make life miserable for the opposing defending team. And they haven't necessarily done uh, enough of that consistently enough this month. And I, I will say that the unfortunate thing here too, Scott, is that, I'll try to word this appropriately, but, you know, it's the middle of the season here. It's it's a grind for everyone. Alex Ovechkin plays such big, heavy minutes and and is relied upon so heavily that, you know, you would think your captain, your your face of the franchise, that you would be forgiven if, if every now and then he kind of took his foot off the gas. And what I'm getting at is over this recent stretch, he hasn't found the back of the net, but he's been really good. He's really like, like you watched last night's game. He had eight shots, he had 15 yeah. attempts, he had seven hits. He's trying to pull everyone into the fight. He's doing his part. He's trying to set the tone. You know, we have Ken Zabrin on our broadcast between the benches painting the picture to us on air of, of the emotion Ovi's showing on the bench. He's frustrated. You know, he takes this hard. You know, none of them want to lose. Yeah. But the, 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 if you watch Ovechkin, like I said, like numbers aside, if you just watch him the past few games when it's been rough for the team – like, that's a cap tip. That's somebody, like, jump on board, follow his lead. And unfortunately for the Caps, uh, you know, not enough of them have consistently enough here.
2: That's a great point. We're, we're here at Ben Raby, Caps uh, Radio host, with us here on Overtime on 106.7 The Fan and the Odyssey app. You, you know the problem is even though we're only what midway through this a little bit past the midway point right now as you know there's you know there's the carolina hurricanes in this metro division that have actually had fewer games by you know five fewer games mm-hmm. in the caps but they're three points ahead of them uh you know the rangers the penguins the penguins have won what six in a row now i think after they win the other night so i mean they're teams that are you know Getting some distance between Washington right now. And that that's the thing that worries you a little bit. It, it can get late early if you dig too much of a hole. Obviously, there's still very much in the, in the playoff picture, but uh, it wouldn't take a whole lot for them not to be in the playoff picture if they don't get their act together.
3: Yeah, it's an odd season in the Eastern Conference where there's really a case of you know the haves and the have nots. The, the top eight, you know, we shouldn't look too far ahead, but the top eight is for the most part, even midseason here, you could almost say spoken for. That being said, if, if you're among the top eight, uh, obviously you'd rather not be, you know, seven or eight uh, among that group of eight. And, and you look at matchups, you look at the potential for home ice advantage, you look, you look at all that. And uh, it's, you bring up where they are in the standings. Last night, Scott, was the first time. On our broadcast, I actually brought up the fact they're in fourth place. And even had they won last night, there was no upward mobility. Even if they had won, they would have still been in fourth place in the Metropolitan Division. Um, and, in the you know, they're in danger of dropping down to the second wild card, you know, the way it works. Without going into detail, but you cross over the divisions and, you know, it's the top eight in the conference. But, you know, there could be a crossover situation. You could be facing Tampa Bay or Florida in the first round if you're not careful due to a crossover situation so certainly there should be plenty of incentive to to right the ship and and to to you know regain that status you know among the upper teams uh, in the metro
2: well we'll see if uh, i've seen a familiar face tomorrow night and Brayden Holpe will uh, <laughs> maybe jump start something here yeah. as you look at the as you look at the you know you mentioned the trade deadline I mean, we're still way away from the actual deadline is there any benefit for this team to try to make something happen earlier? Or do you think it will be something more towards that deadline if they are to, to pull the trigger on a deal?
3: Yeah, I think it's like this across all sports. You know, there's a lot of talking that goes on before March yeah. 21st in this case, but you don't see too much, uh, you know, until the deadline. First off, you know, obviously at this point in the season, there's fewer sellers. You know, we gave the example of, of Dallas earlier. You know, today they're in the playoff position. Well, will they still be in a playoff position a month from now. You know, they might be a little bit more right. open uh, to unloading pieces. Uh, you know, a month or two from now. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think what you're looking at right now. I mean, these are the pieces you're going to have probably until you know into March, and it's up to the pieces that are here now to 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 figure things out.
2: I think you have roughly just 18 games left, right after the deadline, somewhere around there. If you're the Caps. Um, maybe, maybe i missed a number game there, but around 18 games, I want to say, I think I counted it up earlier, uh, that would be left after that 21st deadline. So it doesn't give you a ton of time to, you know, whoever you bring in, uh, to really get a, develop a ton of chemistry. But I mean, I guess, yeah. as you say, you know, d- deadlines, you know, create the deals in all sports. So you might have to still wait it out before the, and see what happens.
3: Yeah. And the odd and thing too, is, is, is the goaltending, which despite, The fact the goaltending has been better of late, Vitek Vanacek and Ilya Samsonov, I thought him showed showed himself fairly well last night. But even though it's been better, that remains the biggest storyline for the Caps between now and the deadline. Will one of these guys, whether it's Vanacek or Samsonov, you know, ultimately take the reins and and show everybody, hey, they they could run with it. They could become the undisputed number one. And what I'm getting at is there are some examples but it's, it's pretty rare in the NHL that a team with Stanley Cup aspirations, with aspirations of a deep postseason run, needs to go out and address that position at the deadline. It, it's happened on occasion, but sure. sometimes it's because the, the undisputed number one maybe gets injured late in the regular season. Usually a team with, with aspirations of the Cup has the most important position, you know, pretty, pretty much solid and, and spoken for, if you follow. So yeah. it's it's rare, but um, you know that, that that's where we are right now. That w- w- with this team,
2: no doubt. All right, tomorrow night uh, airtime. What are you on? Eight forty-five. Is that right?
3: Yeah, 8.45, so a little little later than usual.
2: But, yeah, looking forward
3: yeah. to that it's Dallas week, Scott. You know, beat Dallas. <laughs>
2: Dallas. I love it. That's right, Dallas week. Well, hopefully, hopefully. hey, look, the, the Caps have got to do be better than the football team did yeah. in Dallas, Ben. I mean, my God, I, mean, I, don't, I don't want you to have to go through a post game like I had to do that night. Uh, you don't you don't want to live through that, trust me. That was the day after Christmas. Talk about, oh, what a depressing night that was. Oof. Anyway, oh, that's terrible. I had a terrible visual. He just gave me, i have like. Like a flashback of that night. Well, anyway, <laughs> hopefully a much better night in Dallas uh, at a post-Dallas show for you tomorrow night, Ben, on the Capitals Radio Network. Thanks so much. We'll be we'll be leading into tomorrow night uh, and passing it off to you at eight forty-five. Appreciate it. Awesome. Likewise, Scott. Thank you. All right. Have a good one, Ben Raby, Capitals Radio host. Oh man, don't see Dallas week. Huh? <laughs> Oh boy, eight of eleven for the Caps. They've dropped And It is weird. I mean, literally, their goalies. I was looking at this earlier today. The goalies between the Caps, Samsonov and Vanecek, have split twenty-two and twenty-two games started. I mean, you know, there is no separation um, at this point. I mean, obviously, Samsonov's got more wins. Uh, Vanecek's got the better goals against average. I mean, it's – in the minutes are really close. I mean, everything's close. safe, save percentage. goals. I mean, it's just – it's so tight. It's like nobody has it's been to grab the reins. And that's – you know, I hadn't really ever thought about that. Like, teams that are real Stanley Cup contenders are not in the market for goalies <laughs> at the deadline. And, again, with 18 games left, I think I counted. And I could have counted wrong. I went to Old Dominion for God's sakes. Anyway, it, it's around that many games left after the deadline. That's not a ton of time to – a goalie's a little different it's plug and play Whereas like you know i don't know third line forward whatever i bet the defenseman you're pairing with one of your guys is different you need more chemistry perhaps but the goalie yeah maybe it's more of a like you just drop them in and play but again usually teams have that part of the game figured out uh by that time of year anyway been tough watching the caps been surprisingly disappointing i i didn't you know because they, they got off to such a good start and No, I mean, you can have lulls. I mean, it happens. It happens. But, uh, you know, like we put a lot of – we have a lot of – we have a lot of expectation for the Caps. I mean, if nothing else, we expect them to be a solid, strong, regular season team, you know. And obviously outside of 2017, haven't always had the greatest successes in the postseason. But, hey, they do have that. and I'll never take that for granted. That was a great time. But, you know, you need to have a little bit – you're hoping to have a little bit more this year and, you know, the hourglass is uh, is moving, obviously, on Alex Ovechkin's career, too. And you don't want to uh, waste any more of that if you can get away with it. All right, coming up, we'll uh, talk about what uh, has been going on with the Wizards, and that's not been very good. And that has not been very positive, so we'll talk about that. When I said 2018, excuse me, 2018 Caps Championship, 2017-2018 season. Anyway. I saw the final game in in the Bahamas. That was kind of the weirdest place ever to watch the Capitals clinching game, but it was was kind of cool to do it. All right, coming up, Bradley Beale, what he said to Chris Miller today about uh, the Wizards and their issues. We'll get to that straight ahead. It is overtime. Scott Jackson with you here on 1067 The Fan and the Odyssey app.
1: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue.
2: All right, welcome back. It is overtime here on 106.7 The Fan. Scott Jackson with you. We'll transition to talk a little Wizards. Thanks to Ben Raby for joining us uh, here a few moments ago. Talking about the uh, capital struggles. So we'll talk about the Wizards' struggles. By the way, the All-Star team was announced tonight. No surprise. Just the, just the uh, starters, no Wizards. <laughs> Nor should there have been, uh, for what it's worth. Um, there shouldn't have been... Um, So Bradley Beal, let me see, you get in the voting at all. Bradley Beal finished 11th in all-star voting among Eastern Conference guards, 12th in fan votes, 8th in player votes, and got zero media votes as well for being a starter, I guess. Or is it just overall votes? Yeah. Overall. There you go. All right. So that's good to know. Um, Yeah. I mean, not deserving of it this year. I don't even know if he makes it as a reserve, quite frankly. Yeah. They've been bad lately. Um, They're in this funk. uh, A lot of stuff going on. A lot of questions about them being sellers at the deadline, trying to get something done. Seems like they have too many players right now. Rotations are too big. A lot of issues. Blew that 35-point lead the other night to the Los Angeles Clippers, who were playing, of course, without Kawhi Leonard. It's been out all year. Paul George is out. Luke Kennard lit them up. The Dookie, uh, you know, was – Looked like uh, Steph Curry the other night against the Wizards. And uh, needless to say, the low, hopefully the low moment of the season. I don't know. Could go lower. You could go rock, rock bottom, as the great Leslie Shepard once said, describing the Washington Redskins season. But Bradley Beal uh, sat down and spoke with Chris Miller today on NBC Sports Washington. Here's uh, Chris Miller with Bradley Beal.
1: Ask the face of the franchise. What is wrong with the Washington Wizards right now? It is really a tough balance, and I think a lot of people don't understand that um it's tough on players you know like i'm not necessarily in that in that position like i'm blessed to be where i am but a lot of my teammates are fighting for minutes they're fighting for a spot they're fighting for survival in a lot of ways you know trying not to be traded trying to stay in the league trying to get another contract um so i get it from the business standpoint you know and it's tough to manage that from you know different realms because everybody has a different agenda
2: Mm, different agendas. <laughs> well, if you didn't feel bad enough about the Wizards, that I hope that that's not really going to keep you uh, warm you up, is it? Players different agendas. Now there is a theory going around town and other towns too that uh, they're trying their darndest to, you know, let Montrezl Harold do his thing so they can move him on. He's got an expiring nine point seven two million dollar contract. Thomas Bryant obviously has an expiring contract as well. It's been weird lately how Gafford starts games, barely gets any burn later in games. The other night, West Unseld Jr. said he didn't like the way he played in the third quarter, so therefore that's why he only got to 12 minutes. Um, you know, you got Beal obviously coming up on a contract. Player option, you know, looks like he's going to want to hit free agency. The Wizards obviously can max him and pay him ungodly amounts of money. And you just have to ask yourself now, though, is that a smart thing to do anymore? I mean, he's not – getting better. I mean, and I, I'm a big Bradley Beal guy. I was I was there literally day one with him, I, we interviewed him before he got drafted here. I liked the kid. I wanted him to draft to him. Uh, he's improved a lot, but he has seemed to plateaued. He seemed to have plateaued. He had, his defense has been a problem. He admitted that in this interview with Chris Miller as well. I did see some of the written quotes about that, admitted that you know, he's got to be better defensively. Yes, he does. He and Spencer Dinwiddie, who you know, I believe he wanted on the team, have not had a real cohesive um, time together. They have not been good together. I mean, they're better when they're off the floor playing separately. That's not a good thing. Two of your big guns that you're you know paying to, to be good together. It's supposed to be a good one-two combo, and it's not. Um, and, you know, look, I like Wes Sinclair Jr., but he's still his first-year coach. He's dealing with some things, it sounds like, that he doesn't necessarily need to be dealing with in terms of guys and maybe management wanting to highlight guys and get guys in other places. But, you know, we got to play them for now. Maybe that's part of it. I don't love the fact that they have a second unit that doesn't have a point guard. I don't understand that. You know, look, Neto's got his shortcomings, but he sure seems to give them a spark. Avdi's obviously been really good um, defensively. He's earned minutes. Rui's been good since he's come back for the most part. Brian's had his moments. He's also had, you know, he's got some shortcomings, obviously, defensively as well. But, I mean, what happened the other night isn't about roles and selfishness. It's just about, like, professionalism. You're up by 35 freaking points. I mean, the game ain't over until the buzzer, right? It's a 20 – it's a – it's a two 24-minute halves, four 12-minute quarters. I mean, you, you, you just – there's no excuse for that. And, again, this was not the real Clippers. This was, you know, a bunch of guys who didn't even – you know, are there to just go – Fill out this, fill out the uniform. <laughs> I mean, these aren't guys that are expected to win, or hell, they don't even want to win. Probably at this point, uh, the franchise it is, and the players of course want to. So you know that that was awful. I mean, I heard Kyle Kuzman talk about roles after the game. I mean, come on, were you bitching about your role when you're up by 35? I mean, come on, what is that? That's not. I mean, that's ridiculous. That's just flat out losing focus, thinking, hey, we got this, and not playing. That's all that was. It's not competing. That's what just that's what's disappointing. I mean, you give eighty points in a sec in a half of any game is a joke, but to do it, you know, in the second half of that game, I mean, that's just unacceptable. And you know, I don't know where they go from here. I really don't, because here's the problem: if you say, hey, we will just trade Brad, you know, we don't, don't need him, we can trade him, you know, we don't care what he wants, um, we just got to move him on. I, I hate to alert you to, to this little small fact, but having is you know a down year. <laughs> His value is not going to be the same as it was, say if he'd have done this an offseason ago or you know at the deadline last year when he was, you know, lighting it up, or the year before, for that matter. So that's a that's the other problem you have here. He's he's not gonna have the same value as years past. He's not playing like he has in years past. He's he's hit he's hit the wrong side of the hill at this point at this year. And I don't know if he can turn it around. I hope to think he can. Um, but they, as a group, need to to do better, clearly, and f- figure some stuff out. And you know, you can move some people. That's fine. I still think they're in a better position than they were last year. If they would, you know, with Russell Westbrook and all that, that was a road to nowhere. That would have sold more tickets, though. I, I mean, I'll say from a business standpoint, I think Ted probably would have seen more at the gate. these you know, Russell Westbrook fans are wackos. I mean, they just, I mean, they're they want to see the triple double. They give a crap what happens to anybody else. And I like Russell's effort and all that stuff, but I just I, I, I have a hard time accepting a guy who's as competitive as he is, as fit as he is, as supposedly a gym rat as he is that can't fix a jumper. I, I don't get that. I mean I, I just I can't comprehend that. I've seen guys that had no jumpers developing into great outside shooters over their careers. but I don't get it. like it just it's a hard mystery for me to understand like why he hasn't been able to do that because maybe this doesn't work as hard at it as we think he does. I mean, you got to try something different. But anyway, so I'm I'm okay with them moving on from him. They got a lot of assets. Look, like they they're in a they're in a better position right now than they were last year at this time in terms of flexibility and things like that. But you got to uh, you got to figure out what you're going to get out of Beal. I mean, if you're if you're not going to make it happen and. I understand I've, I've done this thing a million times that this, this whole, like why it's important to keep your own guys. Cause they just have never done it as a franchise. Well, well prior to when, you know, when, um, you know, Ted Leonsis on the team, you know, this has been the history of the bullets slash wizards is, you know, it's a couple of years. We'll try this. We'll go into that, you know, bringing guys to the end of their rope, guys that aren't any good anymore. Guys that are over the hill. This is what they've done. I mean, this is the frustrating part about them, but you know, that's, that's been a mistake. And, you know, at the same time, as much as you are frustrated that you're not going to get what you could have gotten out of Bradley a year ago, you may still have to do it just if you think it's your only alternative. And it's like Bertans, too. I mean, the tough thing like with Bertans is like value has got to be pennies and a dollar now. Whereas, you know, two off seasons ago, he was a hot commodity. And then, you know, the pandemic hit and apparently he didn't have like any indoor gym equipment or didn't have a space where he could do a push-up. Uh, cause the guy came in so out of shape uh, and it was, was, you know, it was a disaster last year, this year, it's at his moments now, he, you know, he's in and out of the rotation. I mean, you got, again, you're going to have the two expiring, you're going to get, you know, the Harrell money, you're going to get the Thomas Bryant money and hell, you may get the Bradley money off. Uh, if you, if you don't move him <laughs> and he ends up stiffing you at the altar, but more than likely that would be a sign in trade. Cause I do think there is a level of, uh, of trust there between the two. There has been an open dialogue between the two sides. We can nitpick and say, this is ridiculous. What are we doing this for? I mean, why are you letting this guy direct your franchise? Well, I mean, this this is the position they're taking and what they're going with. Whether it's right or wrong, you know, we don't get to vote on it. I guess you could vote on it. I don't think anybody cares. But they're going to – they're probably going to stick it out. I mean, there's, there's nothing pointing to them not sticking it out. And, again, I don't – Where's the demand? And, who you know, and by the way, grass is not going to be greener for him because he's not going to be the number one guy. Nobody's going to ask for his input wherever he goes. that Those days are over. So if you want to be, you know, tough guy, show me what you got, you know, franchise and all that stuff that has been said, uh, you know, in a couple podium sessions by him, that's fine. But you do understand that, like, that kind of stuff is not going to happen if you're a bit piece on, you know, the Lakers or wherever, you know, pick a team, you know, the Bulls, whoever, you know. Not that those are necessarily realistic options but they're they're not going to care about your input they really aren't I mean these are not you're not going to be the number one guy there's just there's not that demand for you right now and the play shows that the all-star voting has just showed us that too and the best thing for him you know is to obviously play himself back to being the guy that he showed problem is you know that's still a ridiculous amount of money for a guy who is you know is really good but you know all-star level but is he a superstar? No. Can he be a star in the same? Sure. Superstar, that's different. No, I don't, I don't think he is. And that's the problem. And I don't think it's going to come out Come out at this point. And uh, Dinwiddie and him have not complimented each other the way we had hoped they would, needless to say, or they had hoped they would. I'm um, a boy, Edge. Hit me up via the Twitter. says, we need to trade everybody. <laughs> Good to hear you on the fan. Thank you. Still going to trade Beal, even if you don't get the value. He's going to walk as a free agent. See, again, I don't. I think it'll be a sign-and-trade if they do it. I don't, I don't think it's a complete walk. And again, remember, he needs the Wizards because they can pay him more money. That's why he would do it. Now, I don't know if anybody want to pick up that salary at that point. You know, if they do the Supermax again, I mean, that's a big, 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 big piece of meat right there. So, it just hasn't shown it. It's been frustrating. I mean, it really has. It's been frustrating to watch because they were the darlings. Like a month and a half ago. Everybody loved the Wizards in this town. Everybody hates them again. It's frustrating. And, you know, I don't know what this whole... And I would imagine we'll find out after they move them out of here, assuming they move them out of here. This this Harold, you know, Pope little thing, whatever that was, you know. Was it yelling? Was it fighting? Whatever it was, it wasn't pretty and... You know, it does seem like they're guys with their own agendas out there at times. And that's not a good. That's not a good way to play basketball. You know, my son Junior is going to have to make him play through it, and I'm sure he's got some strong opinions and some things he'd like to do. But as often as the case with these things, uh, it's not always the coach's decision when he doesn't get enough of voice in the decision, especially first year coach. So we'll see. I, I just think you know. You just, just because you want it to work and you you think it should work and it'll be cleaner if it worked. If it's not working, it's just not working, right? It's nothing, it's nobody's bad for it. Nobody's, you know, it's nobody's, you know, nobody's fault. Nobody meant to make it happen this way, but it just isn't. You just, you got to move on. You got to be really detached from it in terms of personal feelings. All these things I'm saying are just not ways they've operated. You know, it's just not how they've operated with uh with certain you know situations i mean clearly it took john wall self-imploding you know just physically and then off the floor doing stuff that that said okay they got to go but i mean they were going to ride that out for a lot longer than a lot of us wanted them to so that's kind of where it is right now i you know i think there will be moves though i I definitely think they're gonna gonna have to move some people out hopefully get some picks back because really you don't need any more players at this point, you might have to take some players back for salary purposes, but hopefully you get some picks out of this. Because right now, you just got too many people in the rotation. I mean, I, you don't ever want people to get hurt, but usually that's how this helps. Like if you're deep like this, it's like, oh, good, you got some injuries, then you're like kind of forced into like these are your eight, you know, eight to nine guys a night, but you know, they got this glut of players right now that all could help them, but getting them all minutes is not realistic. And you, you got to figure it out. I, I just don't like the idea of not having a backup point guard. That's the thing that drives me crazy about watching them. All right, coming up, we'll get to the AFC and NFC Championship Games. If you want to tweet me up at Jackson Sports, feel free to do so, or 800-636-1067 via the MGM National Harbor Listener Line, 800-636-1067, the MGM National Harbor Listener Line. Scott Jackson with you here on Overtime on 106.7, the Fan of the Odyssey app. 49ers and the Rams, can they make it seven straight over the Rams with the 49ers? And, of course, can Joe Burrow pull off the unthinkable with the Cincinnati Bengals, the young upstart Bengals? They're too young and dumb enough to know any better uh, against the Chiefs. Of course, that's a first game on CBS on Sunday. By the way, I know a lot of you love Tony Romo. You're enamored with the card tricks that he used to do, predicting plays, which he's gone away from, thankfully. Um, but I couldn't help it. But the the end of the game last week, great game. And I actually thought it was one of his better games. Like, he was a pilot that was really, like, about to land the plane. And, you know, you're like, wow, he nailed it. You know, it's really like – and I would have probably applauded. You know, I hate people that do that, by the way, on planes. I mean, the bare minimum, I should get there alive. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, unless he like, went through a thing where, like, a fighter jet's trying to shoot us out of the sky and the guy maneuvers down and gets us there safely. Like, I'm not clapping. But anyway – I, I digress. Um, so, Tony Romo, at the end of the Bills game, he just goes, Jim, this game might not be over just out of nowhere. Uh, you know, on the Kelsey play, and you're, everybody's watching the replay in real time. And he's like, Jim, this game might not be over. And he's, like, screaming. And, like, you know, like, no, it is over, Tony. It's going to be over because he clearly got his feet in. And I don't know what he thought he saw or what he wanted to see or what have you. But, man, did he just, like, just lose it like he often does. Like, he just snapped into the, like, spazzy Tony Romo moment. And the answers were like, oh, no, it's, uh, I think we're, you know, got both feet in there, uh, you know. And then, like, Jim's trying to, like, calm him down. And Jim's good, man, because I tell you what, I mean, if I'd have been working with that guy, I would have smacked him in the face a couple times by now as much as he likes to jump in on you. I mean, it, you know, Jim's calling the play, everything's normal, and then Tony's like, hey, got throw the guy on the flat. The you know, like, come on, Tony, you know, calm down. I know you've never been here this late in the season when you were a player, but, you know, calm the hell down here, you know, you football to call. Anyhow, so they'll be on that game. The Chiefs, Bengals, and then it'll be Niners-Rams. Joe Buck and Troy Aikman perhaps for the last time together. That's the big story because, you know, Troy may go to Amazon and do Thursday Night Football, or he may do both. Who knows? Who knows what what Troy will do? I think Troy just wants to make more money. (laughs) And can you blame him? Because here he is, like the Cowboy quarterback who actually won something, and he's making like a quarter of the money the guy is on the other network who was the cowboy quarterback who threw up all over himself in all the big games. So, I could understand why Troy might get a little pissy on that. Troy should have start predicting plays, and then he could, you know, get his uh, stock raised a little bit. He could do that as well. I don't know. I really want to believe the Rams can do it, but whew, man, they have looked—they've looked so soft against the 49ers in the past. Now they—they they should have had him in Week 18. And you know they just they flat out blew that game. Flat out blew that game after getting off to a great start. You know, and this is again a Jimmy G thing. You know, he tried to. You know, he he gets the comeback victory there, but he was also the reason why they had to come (laughs) back late in the game, as he threw the, you know, the red zone interception, as they were driving it down there. Then of course did eventually get us that next chance after the Rams had taken the 17 all game, and he's driving, and he throws the pick. I'll just say this to the Rams this time. You may want to cover Jawan Jennings in addition to trying to cover Debo Samuel. Jawan Jennings ate them alive. Ayuk was also really good as well, but Jawan Jennings in the red zone was a freaking monster. Absolute monster. All right, we'll get a little bit more on that game tomorrow night when our man, Tim Murray, joins us from Vissen. All right, some final things on the NFL coaching front. I'm watching the end out of the corner of my eye, this USA soccer match between El Salvador as they are holding on and qualifying action one nil. as we are getting close to uh, extra time. I don't know how much we have, but we're at the 89th minute right now. All right, so we'll find out what that fantastic finish is perhaps before we get off the air. Uh, Scott Jackson, overtime here on 106.7 The Fan of the Odyssey app.
0: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
2: After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the
0: fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter.
2: and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. Hey, welcome back. Overtime here on 106.7 The Fan. Scott Jackson with you. We'll be back uh, with you tomorrow night. Got a few more minutes with you this evening. Uh, Great news for the Washington football team today. uh, Ed Werder reported that uh, Mike McCarthy will be back as the Cowboys head coach in 2022. Not Sean Payton, uh, as many had uh, wondered about. Sean Payton claims that he's gotten a couple calls already. You know Jerry Jones called him, right? I mean, that had to be one of them so freaking So, anyway, for now, uh, Mike McCarthy's not going anywhere. And, of course, the better news, the real good news for Dallas, is that Dan Quinn's not going anywhere because he was very good this year. Uh, I was very excited to see Jeff Fisher's back in coaching. I'm sad to see it was the USFL, not the NFL. I was really hoping he would get one of these NFL jobs. Just for the pure com- comedic side of it. So, Jeff Fisher, um, the USFL announced Thursday he'll be coaching the Michigan Panthers, which opens... This year. I mean, who knew? I mean, literally all of a sudden I'm seeing all this stuff at USFL. I had no idea they were starting. Now they're just naming coaches. The New Orleans Breakers is hiring Larry Fedora, the former Carolina coach, the North Carolina coach, that is. Um, And he was also at Southern Miss when he was actually pretty successful for going to Carolina. Anyway, the Jeff Fisher thing is great because, you know, I I don't want the eight and eight BS. Remember that famous thing from his last year at the Rams? Uh seventeen years as a head coach in the NFL, Oilers well, and Titans before he went under the Rams. And then uh fired in twenty sixteen after his fifth season in uh with the Rams. They were one seventy three, one sixty five and one during his time. He, during his time that he went. He had some good years with the Titans. I mean, that Super Bowl team he had, they were always those teams he had with the Titans for long stretch are always very tough, physical, uh, tough to deal with. Um they beat Jacksonville and Jacksonville in the AFC Championship. They beat them three times that year. So people always say, oh, it's so hard to beat a team three times. It's actually happened a lot in the league. I think they said 12 of – was it like 18 times it's happened? I know the Titans were one of them 99. Washington lost to the Giants in 93 times when the Giants won the Super Bowl. Washington lost the NFC Championship game. The Redskins did. Jay Schrader played quarterback. Um, not 90, excuse me. That was uh, 86, rather. We're getting my ears screwed up here. Getting old, uh, eighty-six when they lost to him three times. So I mean, it happens. It's not impossible. So, you know, I wouldn't use that as my betting strategy tomorrow um, or this weekend. You know, whenever you, whatever you do. However, um, you know, more important things like Andrew Whitworth is he going to play? Is, you know, is Jimmy Garoppolo going to actually see the field? Well, those are kind of important things if you're. Look into this game, Trent Williams. What's his availability? He's out of practice again today. Pretty important. I'd be shocked if I mean if Trent doesn't play. That would mean he's very injured. That mean he's extremely injured. If he can't go tomorrow night, that would be that would be a shame. First NFC Championship game for him, and would not be able to go go in it. That would suck. By the way, USA soccer did hold off El Salvador 1 0 uh, tonight in the qualifying match. So, USA, 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 fans are still standing and uh, hanging out there. People look very cold uh, that are covering this game. Hercules Gomez has got really large ear earmuffs on. Very strange. But hey, if you're cold, you're cold. There's nothing fun about being cold and broadcasting. Nothing fun about that. All right, we got people to thank. Ben Raby, Ben Standing, the Bens tonight uh, from The Athletic, Ben Standing, Athletic DC, and Ben Raby, Caps radio host, who uh, believes the Capitals, unfortunately, probably aren't going to be able to pull the trigger anytime soon on any deals, but certainly need to figure out who the number one goalie is or go get one before it's all said and done. A lot of that Marc-Andre Fleury discussion out there. As well, so thanks to those guys, Tim Burry We'll talk uh, lines, betting, weekend money, ways to make money with us tomorrow night. We'll find out if you're Team Shanahan or Team McVeigh. I will reveal that tomorrow night here on the is airwaves, among other things. All right, thanks to Donald Hankerson for producing it, keeping us on. Appreciate all you tuning in. We'll uh, talk to you later. Hit me up on the Twitter at Jackson Sports. Scott Jackson saying so long till tomorrow night here on Overtime on 106.7, the fan of the Odyssey app. Have a great night, everyone. See you.
1: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.